Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Network. I am Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, Dolphins hosting the Buffalo Bills in week three at Hard Rock Stadium, which of course means the other chair is filled by Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. And Joe and I, if you are unfamiliar, uh, we are quite familiar. We we have done a lot of podcasts together. Uh, unfortunately, the football gods did not bless us with the same taste in football teams, but it did bless us with the opportunity to get together here on a crossover Thursday and talk about a clash of two of the remaining undefeated teams in the NFL in this early chapter of the 2022 NFL season. So Locked on Bills listeners, Locked on Dolphins listeners, welcome to Crossover Thursday. Joe, how's it going? Good, man. I'm just excited to be able to talk football with you, man. Like, we don't get a chance to do this. No, yeah, we we definitely don't do it daily. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Daily is probably an understatement, like all day daily. So uh, uh, be a good opportunity for us to... uh, be very forward about our thoughts about this football team or football game. And uh, man, it's kind of crazy. There's only six, two and O teams, right? It didn't take long for the list of undefeated to dwindle down to six after two games. And then it's going to dwindle down even, even further after, uh, after Sunday. And the the bills play like three of them in the next month, right? Yeah. They've got, well, Miami on Sunday and a couple weeks from now, the chiefs. Yeah. Um, So yeah, they'll, it's going to dwindle down quick. So the, what is it? The 70, whatever dolphins, they'll uh, be able to exhale pretty quickly here. Um, So uh, I guess what's fun about this and and we're going to get into biggest stories for each team, but I guess what is fun about this is we obviously we do draft dudes together, right? But we usually have to apologize on draft dudes for being so bills and dolphin centric. (laughs) And like now this is like no holds barred. It's, it's just bills and dolphins. So it's going to be a really good opportunity. I, we're going to let it fly today here on the show. So, Joe, I would ask you this. What is the biggest storyline for the 2-0 and Buffalo Bills as they get ready for their Week 3 showcase on a short week against the Dolphins? Well, Kyle, I'm eager to share that with you. But first of all, Crossover Thursday, it's presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun, and it's easy to play. No competing with other players, just you First, the projections available. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks, and we know you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Kyle, the biggest story for the Buffalo Bills in this football game against the Miami Dolphins is very unfortunately injuries. And the Bills have been a very healthy team over the last several years. But early on this year, they are banged up. And I have some level of concern about a significant amount of starting players for the Bills. Wide receiver Gabriel Davis, he missed the Monday night game against Tennessee with an ankle injury. Tight end Dawson Knox and Mitch Morse, they both got injured against Tennessee. They finished. Dawson Knox had an ankle, Mitch Morse an elbow injury. We'll see. You never know how those things uh, evolve throughout the course of the week, what the soreness is. Defensive tackle Ed Oliver missed Monday night with an ankle injury. Defensive tackle Tim Settle, calf injury, he missed Monday night. And then during the game against Tennessee, 
Jordan Phillips, hamstring injury. Matt Milano, a stinger. Micah Hyde, a neck injury. Dane Jackson, neck injury. All those guys didn't finish the game. And so it's going to be a very stressful week trying to figure out who's going to be available. And I can tell you this, if you're looking for Sean McDermott to tell you anything, it ain't going to happen. He's going to say we're taking it one day at a time. Every time he does his press conference, I, I assure you he will tell you that he hasn't spoke to the team doctor and doesn't have any new updates. He's going to kick the can, and then 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll find out who the inactives are, and um, it'll be pretty telling about who's actually available. And so the good news for the Bills side of things is the Josh Allen's good to go, Stephon Diggs is good to go, and there's a lot of talent on the team, but you're talking about a significant significant amount of defensive talent that is either banged up or won't be available, and that doesn't even include Tredavious White. And so the Bills have a tough assignment going on the road, South Florida, September, good Dolphins team, and they might be shorthanded. Yeah, and from, from Miami's side of the fence, you know, in, injuries are certainly something that the, the team has not been uh, immune from. You know, starting right tackle Austin Jackson uh, was placed on short-term IR. Uh, starting cornerback Byron Jones started the year uh, on the PUP and, and is going to miss at least the first four games of the season. Um, but, but they are a team who all of their impact players to this point have been available to them. And you've seen those impact players show up in a lot of different ways throughout the course of the first two games of the season. That of course starts first and foremost with the speed that the dolphins have on the perimeter and Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle and, and what they were able to provide for quarterback to a tongue below in the midst of the 42 38 comeback victory over the Baltimore Ravens in week two. Um, is kind of what everybody was kind of holding their breath and waiting to see from the Dolphins' offense. And the fact that you you have this sampling of it now, uh, you would like to think the narrative uh, around the pressure on Tua Tungvaloa, at least for the short term, uh, would be relieved. But there's no rest for the weary. And, and now the team that has just consistently given the Dolphins fits over the last four years uh, – is coming to town. And of course, Buffalo has Super Bowl aspirations and uh, they have boat raced both of their opponents. So I think the the fascinating component here is Miami has largely been a defensive rooted team. And, and, you know, it's the first time in a long time that the Dolphins have showcased an ability to create explosive plays and, and be able to get back into a game quickly via the passing game. That's That's been non-existent for the Dolphins uh, over the course of the, the the better part of the last 10 years or so, or 15 years, if we're, we're being honest. So uh, for Miami, it, it's been all of these things that you were hoping you were going to get with the big pictures, big scale changes that they made this offseason and bringing in Tyreek Hill and head coach Mike McDaniel. Like you're seeing the evidence of this, and it's led to improved offensive line play and improved productivity from Tua Tungvalo. The question is, how much of it is a small sample size? How much of it was the Ravens? Uh, and their defensive shortcomings and and some of the players that they did not have available. And then how much of it was the Dolphins executing and taking and how sustainable is that? And I think that's the big thing, of course, when a divisional rival who's defeated you seven consecutive times and is the Super Bowl favorite comes into town, this is the big litmus test. And, and Dolphins fans have been waiting a really long time for the team to declare themselves as kind of back to being competitive and being legitimate contenders and they've started three and zero in the past and then they play the new england patriots and they lose 38 to seven 
which happened back in 2013 was, was a year in which Miami had a lot of excitement for, Oh, fast start. Um, and they, they quickly came back down to earth and you've seen the manner in which the bills have defeated each of their first two opponents. And it's up to Miami to make sure that they can keep pace because I think even if they are a, their defensive effort is renewed after giving up 38 to Baltimore, you can't expect to contain the bills offense for 60 minutes. Well, just a second. I want to talk about key matchups for both sides of the coin here, but Kyle, I want to add just a thought here about, the recent history between the Dolphins and Bills, and everyone's aware the Bills have won the last seven. And one of my messages to Bills Mafia, and I think they might get a little bit frustrated with me because I, I don't fully lean into dominance and, and I have a lot of respect for opponents. The Bills have had success against the Dolphins, but I'm not sure how much it matters on Sunday. Uh, this is not the same Dolphins team, right? This is a new coaching staff under Mike McDaniel, really reinvigorated offensive approach. They've infused this offense in particular with veteran talent like a Tyreek Hill, like a Connor Williams, like a Taron Armstead, the two running backs, Chase Edmonds uh, back there, Raheem Mostert. Right. Those are, those are real NFL players. Like there's, there's a, a situation here where this team has a completely different look and feel to it, both from a roster perspective and a coaching perspective. And like, let's not sleep on some of the veteran additions on the defensive side of the football. When you look at a Melvin Ingram, and a, uh, a Trey Flowers who got a little bit of run last week. I mean, this team is not the same old Dolphins. And so while I think Bill's Mafia feels great about the past, I don't think it matters much when we're talking about this Sunday, these two teams playing. Um, it's a lot of newness really for both sides of the coin, but especially on the Dolphins side of things. Remember when winning felt easy? That's because when you were younger, you were at the peak of your testosterone production what some have called the winner's hormone or the man hormone, wouldn't it be nice to get that winner's edge again and that old swagger back in your step? Want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T contains a man-boosting key ingredients like Testafin, it has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. And because Nugenics Total T boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs, you'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive and more passion to your partner. will notice the difference. Nugenics Total T can help re-energize your life and help you get back to the powerful, confident, and good-looking warrior you used to be. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text NFL to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, the most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text NFL to 231231. That's texting NFL to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply available at Nugenics.com backslash term. Key matchups. Bills. Dolphins, would love to hear from you first, Joe, on what stands out to you uh, and measuring these two teams as you, you've made the point that, well, both, both of these teams, it's a new year, right? You know, the Bills, new offensive play caller, you know, some new pieces on the offensive line. Um, Von Miller being present on the defensive side of things as well and his early impact. I mean, both of these teams, it's a new year. There's new expectations. And uh, when you look at these two rosters and you hold them up against one another, what stands out to you? 
Well, it's first of all, it's funny you mentioned Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator. You and I were at SoFi Stadium watching Bills Rams to open the year. And one of the comments that I made to you during the game was, this ain't Brian Dayball's offense. <laughs> this is, this is right. a different approach. I know they still pass the ball and all that type of stuff, but the manner in which they do the personnel groupings, um, the interchangeability of a lot of different players is very, very different than what we saw under Brian Dayball. But Kyle, as I laser in on the key matchups for this game, I, I think what's really interesting is the new ways that Miami can stress Buffalo compared to the first two opponents. And, and I want to focus in on the speed at wide receiver. I mean, how do you not – I mean, that's how you start conversations about the Dolphins now. It's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, And that's scary, man. Those are elite talents. Those guys can create a lot of space for themselves with the ball in their hands as route runners. They're dynamic down the field. They are the types of receivers that make me nervous. And I have respect, and I said this on the Lockdown Bills earlier this week, I have a ton of respect for the Cooper Cups of the world. But these dudes are different, and they're dynamic. And they're in a very creative offensive scheme led by head coach Mike McDaniel that understands how to get these guys going. There's a lot of motion, right? Pre-snap motion, Dolphins, number one in the NFL right now. They're going to put a lot of stress on your team from that speed perspective. And what's interesting is if you go back throughout Sean McDermott's history in Buffalo, back to 2017, Giving up explosive plays in the passing game has not been a problem for Buffalo. And when you look at the average depth of target against the Bills year over year, they're at the bottom of the NFL. Teams don't even try to throw the football down the field against Buffalo. And what's super interesting about this, and you and I have had this conversation, it's not because the Bills have this athletic secondary, right? I'd, I'd in fact, argue that the Bills have a speed-deficient secondary when you look at collectively – their, their corners and their safeties. They're good players, but they're not necessarily speedy players. They're good athletes. They're sufficient athletes, but they're not guys that are going to be able to turn and run with explosive receivers like Waddle and Hill. And let's face it, there's not a whole lot of people on the world that can actually turn and run with those players. And so it's going to be a really interesting foil to me of how a offense with Hill and Waddle and all the speed and down the field ability that they offer and how the Bills deal with that, right? Do they stay in their traditional zone coverages, bracket routes, stay leveraged, allow that pass rush to really get home and really complement and marry up the coverage with the rush? I, that's what they want to do. But at the end of the day, man, sometimes you just have fast guys that can get behind you. And so I'm really, really interested in how this Bills defense prepares to handle this unbelievable speed that Miami presents, and, and yeah, it's Waddle and Hill, but Mostert's unbelievably fast, too, in the backfield. And so there's hot horizontal stress, there's vertical stress that this Dolphins this Dolphins offense can put on you. Yeah, I, I think I'm in that light. I'm really fascinated to know how Coach McDermott and the Coach Leslie Frazier choose to kind of strategize this, right? Is it we want to play soft outside, you know, and, and that depend we know Tredavis White won't be a part of the game this week. Uh, as he continues his recovery from an injury last season. Uh, we'll see with Dane Jackson, obviously super scary injury for him. There's more important things uh, th than being available to play week three for Dane Jackson when you consider just how scary that injury looked and, and the medical response to it. And glad to hear that he's uh, seems to be doing well and avoided all kinds of major injuries, but availability for, for week three is a question. So it's okay. Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam yep. is, like, do you want to play those guys 
off and try and keep everything in front of you? Do you want to try to get physical at the line of scrimmage and play your safeties over top of them? And then in turn, how that can be attacked from Miami's side of things with the middle of the field, with the running backs, like you said, and Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds, who have both been productive in the passing game and have both shown bright flashes as far as being capable of being on the field in protection. So it's not like you could just key off, oh, well, Edmonds is in the game, so they're running passes, or, oh, well, Mostert's in the game, so they're going to run outside zone. You know, they're, they're, They are fairly interchangeable in that regard. And then tight end Mike Gusecki, who got on the board this weekend against the Baltimore Ravens after one catch for one yard against the New England Patriots in the season opener. So if they're going to play safeties over top on both guys, okay, now, now the chess match becomes the middle of the field and how the linebackers handle that and how you know, the, the Bills' uh, sub-package players are, are able to handle all of those pass catchers with all that dynamic ability. Or in turn, are you going to play soft outside and, and ask them to just stay disciplined and stay over top? And then it becomes those guys having to rally up and tackle in space against these speedy receivers. So I think that for me, when, when I look at Miami offense versus Bill's defense, and then take into account the availability that we're expecting Buffalo to have at the corner position, I think that's the really fascinating decision that the Bills have to make in this game. Now, I think from, from, from Miami's perspective, I'm really fascinated to see how they try to slow down Von Miller. Right, the, the impact plays, he looks like he's found the fountain of youth early on this season with just how disruptive he's been up front. And the Bills, of course, have a lot of rotational guys as well between Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham. Like They got some horses that'll get after you up front. And Miami has shown uh, to be, be pretty effective with the perimeter screen game, uh, getting offensive linemen out in space quickly uh, and turning it into kind of a punt return left or punt return right type situation. How well do they do that? Do they try to roll out and move the launch point? They tried to do it a lot in week one, and it didn't. Uh, New England was pretty disciplined on the edge uh, as far as flashing and, and containing those rollouts, so you didn't have the opportunity to get the three-level stretch on a half-field read with, with Tua moving the launch point, throwing to his, his dominant side. So what do you do if you're Miami to try to slow him down? Because they will be without their starting right tackle in Austin Jackson, who's on IR. It will be Greg Little. And Greg Little played well against the Baltimore Ravens, but uh, Baltimore Ravens had three total edge rushers on their roster right now. And, and one of them suffered a, a broken bone in that game. It's Odafe Owe and Justin Houston are the two true edge defenders that are on that roster. You're talking a totally different kind of animal when you're trying to prepare to play the Buffalo Bills. So from Miami's perspective, especially offensively, I'm really keying in on how do you account for the disruptive nature of the Bills' defensive front? Regardless of who is or is not available inside, it's the guys on the edge against Greg Little that I think is the critical matchup that Miami needs to have answers for. Well, and I think that's from a Bills side of things, when you start to get nervous about the speed that that's capable of getting down the field, your answer has to be the pass rush, right? It has to be deploying all the defensive line talent that you have against a right tackle and, and Greg Little. And, you know, a, a player in Liam Eikenberg at left guard that's traditionally been a tackle throughout his career, still finding his way at guard. You know, I think you have to look at those as two opportunities to to really try to to win, to win matchups up front and and obviously muddy the looks for Tua um, and, and force him to hold on to the football for a little bit longer and hope your rush gets there um, because obviously they have the guys that can win down the field. Kyle, when I when I kind of look at this um, 
Bill's offense against Miami's defense. Mm -hmm. What stands out to me, and this kind of ties in with something I've already said in the podcast, is that Miami's defensive line can stress Buffalo in new ways than they've seen against the Rams and Titans, where, I mean, the Rams, they have Aaron Donald, and he's unbelievable, and then they have, like, Leonard Floyd, and that's about it. Tennessee has Jeffrey Simmons, and he's unbelievable, and they have Bud Dupree, and then that's about it. Well, the Dolphins got guys on top of guys. I mean, Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis and Zach Sealer and Emmanuel Ogba and Jalen Phillips and Melvin Ingram and, and Trey Flowers and John Jenkins. All these guys just command attention. They're, those are good football players. The depth of that defensive line is, is exceptional, one of the best groups in the league. And so it's not just a matter of, okay, can we contain a guy? You got a lot of problems at this Dolphins. You got to win your one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, and that's what yeah. it's going to come down to. And I thought – I know this sounds crazy to say the Bills started flat offensively against Tennessee because they had like a nine-play, 75-yard drive to score, and they had a lot of success moving the football. But they wanted to run the ball early in that game, and I don't think it was a situation where the scheme failed or anything like that. I thought just one guy was taking an L up front, and it ruins a run play, right? We understand that's football, right? Everybody's got to do their job for plays to be successful. And so now you just have a lot of stress on your group to be able to everyone has to do their job against competition that's really, really good. And so the depth of this defensive line for Miami against this Bills offensive line is to, is to me a big storyline for how the Bills can be successful on offense. Yeah, and, and the Patriots in week one for Miami in their run defense, uh, they had some success early in the game running zone, inside zone week, where, where Miami would load up to the run strength and the Patriots would say, we're going to try and take our three backside blockers and win against three backside defenders and win our one-on-ones. And to your point, a lot of those plays, uh, after the first two possessions for the Patriots, Miami made their adjustments and got into a different front. Uh, and their backs in Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, you know, they're powerful backs. They're backs that have good contact balance. They've got good leg drive. They can move the pile, uh, but they don't have the explosiveness. And that was what really busted Miami open against Baltimore was explosiveness, whether it was Devin DuVernay on the kickoff return for 103 yards or Rashad Bateman at wide receiver, defeating Xavier Howard in press coverage and a zero look and getting a 75-yard touchdown run or linebacker Raquan Davis and Javon Holland and Emmanuel Ogba all kind of like kind of being wrong on the 79-yard touchdown run by Lamar Jackson where Ogba's a half a man too far inside and uh, Roberts scrapes a half a man too far and Javon Holland's just a tick slow because there's jet motion on the play and Lamar's out the gate and it's a 79-yard touchdown run. So I think that's the interesting thing for Miami against the Bills' run game is anticipating we're probably going to see a good blend of personnel groups, but really it's do the Bills backs have the explosiveness to get out the gate and really punish you? Uh, because I think Miami with their gap control uh, will have the opportunity to play some scheme dependent stuff. But as I look at Miami's defense versus Buffalo's offense, uh, it's Keon Crossan for Miami is the critical matchup against the Bills passing game, whether Gabe Davis plays or not. Because Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens found 27 on defense in the absence of Byron Jones, and they threw at him. And they, they, they aggressively went after him. And, and Crossan is a guy who historically has been a special teams guy. 
And I thought he played well in training camp and in the preseason at corner had some nice plays, but uh, he's been the player that, that both offenses uh, that the dolphins have played to this point have kind of looked at and said, yeah, we're going to try our luck here. You know, and obviously the big explosive play comes at the expense of Xavier Howard and Rashad Bateman ran a phenomenal route. And I'm sure you'll see Stefan Diggs and Xavier Howard both get their fair share of wins on Sunday when they're matched up against one another. But uh, Nick Needham is a player who's been moving around in the absence of, of Byron Jones. And that has put Keon Crossan on the field more. And well, even in the run game, you know, one of New England's big plays was a run that bended back to the backside and Keon Crossan's late getting off a block. And they, they ran a screen pass on third and 16 and converted because Keon Crossan was late getting off a block on the perimeter. So I think that's the player for Miami that I would anticipate Buffalo identifies and tries to attack and how well he is to, to rise to the challenge in this game is going to dictate whether Buffalo probably scores 24 or scores into the 30s. Any other matchups, Joe? Um. <laughs> Man, we could do this all day, but we, I think I've, <laughs> I've I've hit the highlights of, of things okay. on my end that are that okay. are uh, compelling. Well, then before we get to score predictions, let's go ahead and let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts that you could possibly need over at Bet Online. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So it is that time for us to get into some score predictions. And I, I, I think I know you well enough to know this, this segment might surprise people on both sides of the fence. And, and maybe you'll put your Homer hat on. I don't know. But like, I'm sitting here expecting myself to pick the Bills because I have continuously said mm -hmm. until the Dolphins show they can beat the Bills with seven consecutive wins and, and taking all of the cheese that you're warning your fans not to do, I am buying into because I'm a superstitious guy. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know, Joe. So why don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and lead us off here with a score prediction <laughs> for Bills Dolphins in week three at Hard, Hard Rock Stadium? Can you believe they make us do this? You know what I mean? I, like, come I wish on. they didn't. Right. I wish right. they did, especially you and I. Right. Well, we are contractually obligated to we do are, this, right? To, to make, so a, make a prognostication. Predicting the future is hard, man. Um, <laughs> this, this has always been a game on the schedule that concerned me a lot. And, and Kyle can attest to that. And this is before the Dolphins uh, were 2 0, right? And, and you saw mm -hmm. the the promise of the offense, right? I've always been nervous about this game. Uh, short week for the Bills, South Florida, hot down there. Third year in a row, the Bills go down there in September, and the Bills are banged up. You know, the Dolphins team coming off uh, an emotional win. You can sense a feel of togetherness from Miami, a lot of resiliency, obviously, with how they came back and won that game. And you have a, a team here in Miami that wants to keep their momentum going. And, and we know this would mean a lot for the Dolphins to get this win. They know the success Buffalo's had over Miami. And I know that Mike McDaniel's not responsible for any of the past, but he's aware of it. I, I know he's aware of it. There's a big part of me that wants to pick the Dolphins to win this game. There's one thing that's going to keep me from doing that. It's Josh Allen. His last four games have been absolutely ridiculous. 
He's in a zone with Stefan Diggs. The Bills are going to score points, and they're going to put a lot of stress on Miami to keep pace. Now, Miami proved a lot in that regard last week with how they ripped off 28 points in the fourth quarter. But I do think that the Bills have a lot more in their front seven than Baltimore, and I think that they'll be more schematically sound in the back end to kind of avoid that type of a scoring onslaught. I think Miami's going to score, but I don't know if it's going to be more than Buffalo. I am going to go 34-27 Bills. Okay, so you've lulled me into this sense of respect for, what, six months? since When the schedule come out? April? April. April. Yeah, we've been talking about this game since April. We're going to have to find some L's somewhere for the Bills. We'll have to find them somewhere. Super losable game. He might might come in here and pick pick the Dolphins at the crossover, and then sure enough, 34 to to 27. I think it'll be closer, but I've said this, and I will continue to say this until the Dolphins do it. I will pick the Bills to win the football game. Uh, and, and I believe more now than I did at any point in the Brian Flores era that the Dolphins do have the ability to understand we are going to have to come into a game script and score points to win the football game. You know, I go back to, to week one Dolphins Patriots this year and the Belichick model and game plan was we are going to shorten the game. We want to possess the ball for 40 minutes if we can. And we're going to try and win a drag out slobber knot game. Well, Miami, obviously, with the explosiveness that they have, never mind the fact that they're going to have to play the Bills as well. If Brian Flores was still the head coach of the football team, you would come in and say, well, they're, they're going to try to do that. And I think Mike McDaniel is the polar opposite for what his appetite is for the kind of game that they want to play. And you saw that against Baltimore. Um, so, so my optimism that Miami can win this football game is at an all-time high. Will I pick the Dolphins to win the football game? Not until they show me they can do it. And because of that, I'm going to pick the Bills by a score of 31-28 is my final score projection. I think this is going to be a game that is a heavyweight fight. There are going to be explosive plays on both sides for both teams. And it's going to be who gets those two or three bounces of the ball. And is the elite quarterback enough to swing the pendulum Buffalo's way? Or is home field advantage and the temperature and the climate and and probably better health than Buffalo coming into this game enough to swing at Miami's way? We'll see when when the game is played. Well, and you you know, Kyle, that for for six months I've been preparing myself to pick Miami to win this game. And part of that was some level of belief that the Bills offense would be just okay to start the year. Oh, yeah, and, that's not a problem. Well, you know, and, and there's reasons <laughs> to believe it that you know, a lot of new coaching influence on this team. Um, you know, Josh Allen didn't start fast last year, and that was in his fourth year with Brian Dable. I had some level of concern that the Bills offense would not be what they've been so far. And and I think seeing them score the way that they have at will when they, you know, a second half against the Rams and the, you know, for the first three quarters against Tennessee until Mike Vrabel waved the white flag, I that's what gives me the confidence. If it was if it was Josh Allen at the start of last year, I'd say, yeah, the Dolphins are going to win this game. That's that's what's been different for me. Well, so, it's nice nice to get on the horn with you and talk a little Dolphins Bills. Obviously, this is a, a pretty high profile game with the star power and, and Josh Allen and Von Miller and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle emerging himself, and um, it's going to be a fun football game. It's going to be a stressful afternoon for both of us, but it will be a fun football game. <laughs> 
nonetheless. And we hope everybody who tuned into this crossover between Locked On Bills, Joe Marino, Locked On Dolphins, Kyle Krabs, enjoyed the discussion, the discourse, and uh, make sure you hit subscribe to your favorite team here on the Locked On Network, and then go see what else the menu has. And if there's anything else that tickles your fancy, Make sure you subscribe to that as well, because we are your team every day here on the Locked On Network. We don't just say it, we live it. So with Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, Bills, Dolphins, Sunday, Hard Rock Stadium, you know where to find it. We look forward to breaking everything down after the fact on our respective shows. Thanks for checking out this crossover Thursday.